Hall of Fame coaches, national champions, lottery picks, the best minds in basketball. Welcome into the sidelines with Evan Daniels. What's up, college basketball fans? Welcome back into the Sidelines Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Daniels, college basketball insider over at FS1, as well as the director of basketball recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Today's episode is going to be an in-depth breakdown of this past weekend's USA Basketball Men's Junior National Team minicamp. We'll jump into the best players that were there and talk about a couple of the best players and where they may go to school. We'll break down the recruitments. I'm going to bring on a colleague from 24-7 Sports, Josh. Gershon. Before I jump to that conversation with Mr. Gershon, make sure that you are supporting the sidelines with Evan Daniels podcast. The best way to do that is to go over to Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. Leave a rating, leave a review. Both of those things are very helpful. Also, make sure you hit that subscribe button for me. You can also shoot me a note over on Twitter or Instagram. The handle is at Evan Daniels. Now let's bring on my colleague that I mentioned, Josh Gershon. It's time to go. Minimum. With Evan Daniels, send it in, big fella. Josh, how you doing, buddy? I was doing a lot better until you called me Mr. Gershon. (laughs) That sounds about right. Now, you and I were out in Colorado Springs this past weekend and uh, got to see quite a bit of action. And really, Josh, this was the first time that USA Basketball held a camp with the collaboration of the NBA, the MBPA, the NCAA. They brought in a lot more kids. In fact, there were 88 players 88 of the the nation's best players in Colorado Springs, broken down from each class, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior. There were 24 seniors, but the most were freshmen. There was over 30 2022 prospects gearing up for next year's U16 team, so getting a look at those guys. But what did you think of the new format? What do you think of what USA Basketball, the NBA, and the NCAA are doing and bringing all these people together to really have not only a bigger camp, but also help provide the kids with more information? I think it's outstanding. Uh, I've always felt that USA Basketball is one of the best evaluation settings and definitely one of the best settings for kids to come in and get high-level coaching, you know, learn more how to play the right way. Not to say that every other camp isn't like that, but some are better than others. And USA Basketball has always, in my mind, been the gold standard as far as that goes. And in terms of the new format, the amount of kids that were there, I think it was really helpful for us, but more importantly for them to bring all these kids who usually have to develop into an elite prospect before they're part of the USA basketball system. I think it's going to be really beneficial for those kids' development moving forward. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the more players that you can get involved in the program, not only from a basketball playing standpoint, but they're doing life skills with the kids or bringing in speakers. I know that the NCAA talked to parents, and they're really trying to educate everyone involved. And I think also, Josh, and I think this is something that we're going to see more down the road, with the NBA's involvement, and I really do think all of this is because eventually that rule where kids can go straight out of high school is going to change. And they're going to be able to go straight from high school to the NBA. And it wouldn't surprise me if NBA scouts are in that gym sooner than later, which I think can only help both sides. It helps the NBA scouts in terms of getting evaluations and gaining information. I think it helps the kids in terms of getting seen. Now, obviously, we're not there yet, but it wouldn't surprise me if it goes that route down the road. 
Yeah, absolutely. Look, NBA teams, if these are players, at least let's say just this freshman class, are, are going to be players that are going to be draft eligible right out of high school, then it favors the NBA scouts strongly to be able to start building a profile of these kids. And not only that, in terms of the older guys, I mean, teams, if you trade, you have they all have future picks, right? Like they should know this draft class is not looking very strong. For example, 2019 as a draft class looks a little more weak than, say, 2019. 20. That's something that they should be able to put their own eyes on and, and determinations and be able to figure out which classes, which draft classes, they prioritize those picks and which ones they really don't. Agree. I think the more information, the better. I think it makes a lot of sense. And obviously, we're not to that point yet. But I think the more information that the NBA guys can get, the better information they have leading towards the draft. And I think that helps everybody involved. I thought it was a pretty good first camp in collaboration between the three. And obviously, there was 88 players there. The most I can remember being at a USA basketball training camp or tryout is just over 50. So it was broken down into two gyms. You had the 2019 and 2020 prospects in one gym, plus a couple of the best in 21. Then you had the 2021 and 2022 kids in another gym. And I think that there was a couple pretty good days of basketball, especially the first day. I thought the guys went pretty hard. But there was a lot of really good talent there, Josh. Who was maybe the player that stuck out to you when you left as being the best pro prospect? And I think people have to keep in mind there are a couple guys that didn't finish out the weekend or only played one day. But from the guys that you saw, who do you think was the best pro prospect at camp? Well, you don't want to put too much hype or expectations or pressure on an incoming freshman as Imani Bates is, but he was certainly extremely impressive uh, this week and watching him for the first time. I mean, six foot eight athlete with a good frame, played hard. He, he was outstanding in transition. Seems like have a pretty good skill set for his age. Definitely, he was right there. I think Evan Mobley continued to back up why we think he, he's such a good prospect long term. Of course, we have him number one in 2020, and uh, watching him this weekend, I, I think he's continuing. To to move in that same direction. And I still think Jalen Green, also in 2020, shooting guard, combo guard, whatever you want to call him, I think he has a very good career in, in front of him. And the times I saw him this past weekend, I, I still fully believe in him moving forward as well. Yeah, I think it's hard to argue with you on any of those guys. I thought Amani Bates was terrific. I think he was the best underclassman there, at least from a prospect standpoint. But he was also very productive. And you mentioned it, that size, the length, the athletic ability. I was going through some of his highlights earlier, and what he was able to do in transition was really impressive. But that skill set, Josh, is just so advanced. It honestly kind of reminds me of when Jason Tatum and Harry Giles entered high school for the first time and when I got to evaluate them for the first time. And I think he's probably coming into high school with more hype than even those guys. And really, for his first event as a, a high school basketball player, a first significant event anyways, I thought he really proved himself. And this is a kid that I think we're going to be talking about for quite some time. And, and you're right, you hate to put these type of expectations on a kid, but I, I think he's a special prospect. And a couple of these come through high school basketball every year, and I think he's certainly in that category. So hard for me to argue with him as the best pro prospect there. And I agree with you. Evan Mobley had some some really good moments. And this is a kid with length, mobility, athleticism we have him number one in 2020 and just love what he can do on both ends of the floor but man Amani Bates is 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 a really special 
talent. Let's move to some other top performers, Josh. Who else really stuck out to you as really strong performers from this weekend? I think two that I happened to just really played well in front of me when I was watching were Jade McDaniels and, and Isaiah Stewart. In terms of McDaniels, I mean, this is a kid whose trajectory has honestly been absurd. I mean, when you watched him, I think a year and a half ago, I don't believe he had any even offers at the time. And we just threw him in the top 100 based purely on upside, definitely not thinking that he was six months away from becoming a top five type prospect. And he still needs to get a lot stronger, and there's nothing wrong with that. If anything, it speaks to his upside. But the way he competes against kids that are much stronger than him, that how his skill set has continued to advance his versatility at six foot eleven, there's a lot of reasons to believe in him moving forward. And Isaiah Stewart, camp settings can always be tough for big men, and you hope that they take action to their own hands in terms of playing hard and rebounding and defending and getting out in transition and Stewart definitely did all those things that he has decent size long arms he's a huge strong kid and he takes advantage of it right based on his competitive nature and his toughness for sure I agree with both of those and I think the thing about Jaden McDaniels I remember the second day during the night session he had this string of plays and it ended up leading to his camp team winning a game but he took a rebound and pushed it coast to coast and made a nice little dish to for an assist he hit a catch and shoot three got out in transition and had a dunk and it really catapulted his team to a victory and I, I think the thing about him is his versatility and you mentioned the trajectory and it's been on a steady incline for a long time and it's a kid we've bumped up into the top five in our rankings and I think you can make a case that he has as much upside as anybody in this class especially when you factor in the size for the position the length the athletic ability the improved skill set but also just that trajectory and just how he keeps and continues to get better I thought he was very impressive you mentioned Isaiah Stewart agree with him Uh, I think the thing that I like about him the most Josh is just the effort you know what you're getting out of him Every single time he steps on the floor, you're getting the toughness, the physicality. He doesn't take plays off. He rebounds. And I think all that's going to translate to the college level for sure. And and speaking of energy, Josh, I thought that there was a couple wings that played particularly well when it comes to that category of Scotty Barnes. I know you really like Scotty Lewis, too. Yeah, Scotty Lewis, the amount of ways that he impacts the game is so much more significant than the amount of ways that he doesn't. I mean, he's six foot five, long arms, very good lateral quickness. He can legitimately guard the one, two, and three at a, at a minimum in the college level. I think he was just an outstanding pickup for, for Florida. He handles the ball well. He can get to the basket. He's a very good passer for the position. Of course, you, you hope he continues to improve it as a shooter, specifically as a perimeter shooter. But outside of that, there's not a whole lot holding him back. No, I completely agree. I think he's going to be a um, a really good player at Florida. I love what he does in transition and the athleticism. Uh, concerned a little bit about his long-range shot and his offhand, but I think what I mentioned out of the gate with that energy and just how hard he plays, and then also you mentioned it, that he's a multi-positional defender. I think he can impact the game in that way as well. And I thought Scotty Barnes was particularly good too, Josh. This is a guy that showed up strong, played physical. I remember he got matched up with Imani Bates during one possession when the 2020 kids were playing with the 2022 kids. 
and you could kind of tell that he wanted to show the young fella that it was his court and he played physical with him and he caught him in transition and dunked on him one time and it, you could just tell that Scotty was like hey man I'm still the big man on campus and I thought he was really impressive on both ends of the floor like this is a guy that has all the intangibles he impacts it with his defense he impacts it with his rebounding his facilitating his passing he's getting better from the mid-range and in area so I thought Scotty Barnes was good I think there's one other guy before we move on on the top performers that I have to mention I'm curious your thoughts of him but Jeremiah Robinson Earl this is a five-star prospect we have him in the top 20 he's down to a list of five that includes North Carolina and Kansas Villanova Notre Dame and he's about to take his last official visit to Arizona but Jeremiah Robinson I thought was as impressive as anyone at camp six foot eight strong physical versatile offensive player in a sense that he can step out on the floor and make jump shots he can go down to the block and score over either shoulder I just like how hard he plays I think he's steadily getting better and I think he's one of those guys where you throw on the floor and you know what you're getting from him every time he gets out there yeah, we talked about Isaiah Stewart's motor, and I think if Stewart was 1A in terms of how hard big men played in, in this camp, you'd have to say Robinson Earl is 1B. I mean, he really competed each time I saw him play. And as you said, he has good size. He's skilled. He's a good athlete. He can really rebound the ball. He's really one, one of the most safe prospects in the 2019 class and you know what you're getting and you have to expect that he's going to be a high-level college player. Yeah, I completely agree. Were there any other underclassmen particularly that caught your eye outside of Amani Bates? I think he was obviously the big one, but I know that you were impressed with Max Christie particularly. Yeah, Max Christie, I feel like, you know, 2021 shooting guard out of Chicago, he's probably one of the top shooters I've seen at that stage at USA Basketball since I've been going there. I, I can't remember how many guys just had pure shooting ability. And, you know, he, he has decent size for the position at six foot four. He still has plenty of room to get stronger, which is only going to make handling the ball and, and adding to his scoring arsenal off the bounce easier for him. So, To me, he was definitely one of the most promising young prospects in the camp. Yeah, he was definitely really impressive, especially when he went and played up. They had a day where they switched. All of the 2021 kids went up and played with the 2019 kids, and they threw him in this setting, and he didn't skip a beat. It was almost like, hey, I was ready for this. Like, this is what I'm here for. And I also like Patrick Baldwin, who who we currently have number two in the 2021 class. I remember on the last day, got to the gym, hour and a half before practice, and Max Christie and Patrick Baldwin were in there getting shots up on their own. Uh, in a camp like this, when you kind of walk in and see that, it's, it's, it's easy to see why those two guys are two of the best in the class because they put in that time and that effort. And obviously, Max has really good shot mechanics, which I, I think were really impressive. But just his mentality and his demeanor in camp impressed me as well. Another guy I wanted to mention was Michael Foster. And this is a kid, when he was going through drills and stuff, he, he wasn't necessarily giving it his all. But once game action started, he was a different dude, and he impacted the game. He showed quite a bit of potential offensively, scored it inside and out. This is a kid in 2021 that I think has tremendous upside. Yeah, I completely agree. He's a really promising prospect. I mean, he has good size, long arms, uh, very good athlete. He was really one one of the best uh, big men slash forwards I saw at the camp in terms of how good they were in transition. I mean, if he has a head of steam going towards the basket, it was almost like there's 
there was no one at the camp that could do anything about it. And he still has plenty of room to continue to get stronger like these other guys that we were mentioning in that, in that class. But I think he has a very good combination right now of a, of a high floor and also a very, very high upside. No question, Josh. Let's switch gears a little to some recruitments. And I want to start with a guy that we talked about as a top performer, Jaden McDaniels. You followed his recruitment as closely as anyone. Obviously, it's really picked up since the summer. Where do things stand? And I know you talked to him in Colorado Springs. Where do things stand in his recruitment? Well, he's down to five uh, San Diego State, Texas, UCLA, Washington, and Kentucky. And he and his family have done an outstanding job of keeping things close to the vest. And I also think that part of that has been that they're legitimately wide open and are just kind of going through this process slowly. As we mentioned earlier, he's a late bloomer who didn't really have a whole lot of uh, offers or or even much of a recruitment until a year and a half ago. So it doesn't seem like there's much rush and they, they seem to really be waiting till the spring most likely before making a decision. I mean, but if I had to guess the three most likely right now, I, I would probably say San Diego State where, of course, his brother Jalen goes to school. I, I believe Washington is, is very much in there as well. And I, I would say Kentucky would be the, the dark horse kind of as a, as a dream school type scenario. Could you pick a, a favorite right now in your eyes in that recruitment? Kentucky has an offer, so you definitely couldn't say that it's the favorite. So it would probably be between San Diego State and Washington. And I haven't heard that there's a leader between those two. Got it. Got it. Okay. And then another kid out on the West Coast whose recruitment is really, I guess, picked up. He obviously had a big summer. I'm referring to Boogie Ellis. He shot the the crap out of it this summer. Uh, His recruitment started to pick up. I know Duke recently offered. Uh, USC has been in there for a long time. Where, Where does that deal stand? This is another one where they they very successfully held this, this close to you know the people around Boogie and and I do think there's several uh, people around him that are helping him make a decision and he seems like he wants to take all of his visits. Uh, this is a kid that has shown absolutely no rush and no pressure. Obviously, when you get a kid on campus, every school does its best to pressure the the kid to commit. And he has not shown uh, anything that, that he's about to be slowed down by, by these programs. And I think, you know, Duke and North Carolina, you definitely can't count them out whenever they're involved in recruitment. I, I do think Memphis might be a little bit of a dark horse. But as you said, USC has been on him a long time. I, I would guess Arizona having Nico Mannion and Josh Green already committed becomes a little less likely. So I, I do think he's open, but probably more likely than not, he, he would leave the West. Got it. Got it. That's good information. Let's talk a little bit about James Wiseman's recruitment. It's one that I've followed very closely. I spoke to him the first day of camp, and I think the biggest news that came out of that was that he's now going to make an early decision. And this is a kid that's already taken an official visit to Kentucky. He's already taken an official visit to Kansas. He goes to Vanderbilt this weekend, and then he's going to officially visit Florida State and Memphis. Those are his final five. I I think most people have always thought that it was going to be a Kentucky or Memphis situation. I actually think Kansas is a little bit of a dark horse in there. I'm not saying he's going to end up there, but I think they have probably a little bit better shot than than people realize. And I also think that this is – Maybe the most interesting recruitment, just because there's so much involved here. Like, he played for Penny Hardaway, but before Penny Hardaway became a head basketball coach, 
all signs were leaning towards him ending up at Kentucky. So I guess the biggest question is, is can, you know, some other school come in here and, and maybe steal him away? I don't know. You know, my crystal ball for him is Kentucky still. I haven't changed that. I don't really have a information that, that, that leads me to believe that I need to change that yet. But I do think it's intriguing and important to note that he is now going to make an early decision, or at least that's what he said at camp. And that kind of goes against what his mother told me about six to seven weeks ago. And obviously there was a, a change of mind there, but I think that that part was interesting. And I think the other recruitment that I wanted to mention, Josh, was Isaiah Stewart. And you mentioned how well he played, but this is a kid whose style I think fits in all these schools. But I think it's a recruitment that, that's really in flux. And I think he's, from the outside looking in, confused what he wants to do. He's done an official visit out to Washington, done an official visit to Kentucky, and he doesn't have any other visits set up. And obviously Michigan State's involved and Duke's involved. If I were really going to handicap this deal, I would say those are the only four schools with really a chance, at least as of today. But I'm curious to see what he does with visits because he hasn't set up anything with those other two schools. But I would assume he would. I don't know, man. It feels like a recruitment, Josh, where Washington could could sneak in here and they probably have a little better chance than maybe I gave them last week or, or two weeks ago. So I, I think that'll be a, a pretty interesting recruitment to follow. Yeah, there's no doubt. He's a huge recruit for Washington. And the not that big men like Isaiah Stewart grow on trees everywhere, but they definitely don't on the West Coast. Right. So I'm sure Washington has a very good argument for this kid that what he would do in the Pac-12. I mean, you look at what Noah Dickerson has really done overachieving at Washington is not, not the same right. kind of player, but they're more similar than they're different, right? And, and Noah Dickerson has absolutely been an overachiever for Mike Hopkins. So I think that if, if you put that kid in the Pac-12, there's not going to be a whole lot of uh, opposing posts who are beating the account for him. For sure. And I I think this this recruitment is just I, I, one that fascinates me. Like, I think two weeks ago I would have said Kentucky was the leader. Uh, as of today, I would be surprised if he ended up in Kentucky. Like, I don't think he's going there anymore. And he doesn't have these other two visits set up. So maybe Washington does lead. But I don't know. I think he's going to visit Duke and Michigan State. And then I think we'll kind of see where this recruitment goes. But I do think eventually he set up official visits to both of those schools. Josh, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for jumping on the podcast and running through this USA basketball stuff with me. Anytime. Thanks for having me. This is Aaron Rodgers. They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone, Cobb, touchdown! Unbelievable! The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. And you're listening to The Sidelines with Evan Daniels. Would like to once again thank Josh Gershon for jumping on the Sidelines podcast. Before I let you guys go, I want to make sure that you are supporting the podcast. And the best way to do that is to go over to Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. Make sure that you are subscribed. Make sure that you leave a rating, a review, and you can also shoot me a note over on Twitter or Instagram. Handle is at Evan Daniels. As always, thanks for listening and have a great week. 